record to the computer. All right. Are we recording in scrotum sound? Yes, oh, we are. Yes. All right. Well, welcome. This is technically Cinema Slaughter's first video. I mean, we've done a video before with a friend of ours, um, Terror at Sentai. And we are here with friends of ours from The Grape Vinyl on Instagram. Uh, if you're not following them, you should if you're a fan of music in general and vinyl collecting specifically, this page is to die for. So it's a husband and wife team, some of the nicest people I've ever met. And I love you guys. You just are always fun to talk to. I talk to Omar about you guys quite frequently and I'm like, hey, it's going to happen. We're going to get it done. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to, uh, to to meet with you guys like this and have it be like our inaugural video. Um, so this will be our first YouTube video. So welcome. Awesome. No pressure. How cool. Yeah. Yeah. And for anyone who likes horror music specifically. Yes, we do. We do tend to post a lot of horror movie soundtracks on our page. Yes. And kind of how we've made this connection. Yeah. yeah. And you, I think you guys are really posting more horror now than ever before. We truly are. Yeah. yeah. But we, we tend to save. So, okay. So we, we post a lot of scary. Like we, you and I, Lenny, we've talked about there's like horror elements in a lot of non-horror soundtrack specific music absolutely uh, especially these days like so many artists uh, maybe you could argue before too but I, i'm seeing it so much these days artists are inspired by horror soundtracks to create you know different soundscapes but anyways yeah. specifically if you're into horror soundtracks uh, just follow us like in the fall and then because like that's yeah. when we go hardcore on the we soundtracks and then you can just yeah. like unfollow and rejoin again the next fall no don't listen to that advice don't unfollow you must keep following it's a great page i don't want you guys to lose uh, not a single follower so yeah we'll, we will sprinkle them uh, around year year around but we do go the hardest over halloween and yeah even, we'll get certain soundtracks in like june we're like well that's put away for october exclusively <laughs> but, but that's that's our stuff like we had a we had a year because we were so into horror movies growing up but like we never had the right situation yeah where you could share that with with someone and now and then right. like, yeah then when we started when we got together it was like let's try to watch 30 horror movies in, in, 30, in days. 30 days ah. and that's like we had our list. We did really well. I think we did like 25. We mm -hmm. got pretty close. This was that's pre pretty damn good. Pre-child. Before child. Yeah. Absolutely. Before I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, especially with an infant, but yeah, before pre-child, that that makes more sense. Yeah. But um yeah, so we are here to kick off a uh, a list for everybody. We're gonna go round robin. It's not necessarily in order, so but we're picking our uh, five, some of that our most rough. favorite slow burn horror it films. It was rough. Yeah, yeah. I had seven, and I can't get, I can't knock any of them off, man. So, so I'm gonna have to put top two at the end. Yeah, I mean, it's it, like we were saying earlier. It's like if, if something pops in your head, and you're like, oh, you know, I didn't add this earlier, but. Yeah, that's going to make my list now. Or we talk about Omar's. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer here. So we're just going to we're going to get started. Um, and you guys kick it off. I mean, you're the guests. So guests of honor. So what's your what's your first that you'd like to share? Really? Like, what we thought or do you want to just dive into it? Our... Yeah, you I'll, I'll 
you talk about the first one, but I'll, I'll mention something first. Slow, so like it got us thinking first, like what does it mean to be like a slow burn movie? Yeah. Because because there's sometimes like a, I don't think it's necessarily like this is gonna sound counterintuitive, but it's not just necessarily a movie that's just slow for the sake of, like it's just, it's almost like it needs to be done through for an artistic purpose. Like you could, because a slow burner, you could argue like comparatively any movie from like this, any horror movie from the 70s and 80s is like a slow burner compared to one now. And so that they would arguably dominate the list. So you have to think about it within that context. It almost has to be like slow for a narrative purpose, you know? To yeah. build the tension. Well, yeah. and here's the thing. And so <laughs> like when I say, when I, for me, when I talk about certain movies, like John Carpenter's The Thing, that movie's smoldering the entire film. <laughs> Dinner. And yeah. it starts off with action. They're the dog, you know, they're they're shooting at the dog. They shoot people. McCready has to get in the helicopter with copper and fly to the Norwegian base camp. There's there's momentum building right from the get go. And I don't necessarily feel like the thing is a slow burn for me. For me, the thing is developed almost instantaneously. It it takes a long time before you get to the point with with copper getting his arms bitten off you know with mm. when the when uh, what's his name's chest opens up um that to me is is kind of you know you've already meet the met the halfway mark and there's so much tension and so much going on the dogs have already been attacked and you know what i mean so i, I a movie like that is kind of not a slow burn for me you know what i mean or or like dawn of the dead where it has all of these elements but it the, the story it happens almost immediately whereas some of the selections on my list it it the freight train doesn't get moving until like an hour into the film because they've spent so much time developing what's a you know what's about to happen so when the shit hits the fan you're like oh my god you know and and you it's taken a, lo a long time to build up that momentum so yeah i agree with you sometimes it's for artistic sake yeah yeah and yeah. sometimes it's not always to the film's strength sometimes it's to the film's detriment too so we could also talk right, there are like some there's that... there's some that oh, are good point like I, I i agree like there's some that are almost too slow and that's and it's that's a big matter of debate don't like i'm not saying oh, yeah, that's we're not speaking be... objectively anyone watching we're speaking very subjectively like all i would argue because i know there's probably a lot of people that love the witch but that one to me felt like it was like a slow burner that that didn't um deliver <gasps> how slow i know and omar yeah. I, that's on my list like, man that's my he told me that you loved it so, I'm, so that's why i was like prefacing that like <laughs> don't kick me off <laughs> well, and that's the beauty no, of no. this is like there's no right or wrong answer really <laughs> you know like you said it is very subjective but yeah and if i watched a hundred new horror movies i might gain a new appreciation for the witch that i didn't have but i'm it's based so true. it's based off that's of what i've seen i can't even I, I i can half agree with you but it's it's been so long since i've watched the witch that i actually want to come at it again from a different lens because i can't mm -hmm. wholeheartedly jump in um yeah I can understand. I can understand that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Totally. So, right. so give us, give us your number one. Yeah, Brooklyn, <laughs> kick it off for us. Are we starting here or with? Yeah, wherever you want. I don't care. Okay, yeah. well, do it. I was gonna, I was gonna start with like a really awesome Canadian film uh, that for me was almost too slow, 
but oh, I okay. love it. I've watched it a few times now, and it's one of his favorite horror movies, Pontypool. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, Pontypool. Um, I'm a fan of this movie. It is fantastic, but the first yep. time I saw it, I had I had my issues with the pacing, mm -hmm. and now I love it for it so much. Um, yeah, I think that might be a movie I have to revisit. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's um, gosh, it's it, it's it's so different, and it has so many. I guess I want I want to say like generally unlikable qualities, but the, it's sort of like so many wrong things that it just comes together in such a right way. It's hard to 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 explain, but um, yeah, I, but that that movie has like this um this 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 incredibly slow build that's that's very much based around like uh words and it's just because yeah. it's a race it's taking place at a rate language yeah. and right and just the way people talk and the in the topics that, even if it's not directly scary things that are being discussed and, and the, the things that are scary are, are integrated very subtly and slowly and it is the mood it's not it's like it's not trying to be liked in a funny way, and I and maybe that's unfair to say, but it it's it's got this it's got this quality to it that and, and when there are the scares, they're not going for some a traditional scare. Can, are there spoilers on this podcast? So that's the thing. We oh. our our podcast is filled with spoilers. So all the time, and, and especially yeah. here's you know here's the rub. It's like especially with some of the movies that we've been talking about. 20 30 there's movies that we reviewed like 40 years old if you don't know this movie by now and i tell the my you know the the disclaimer stop the podcast go watch the movie watch and then the come movie. back to it because we're going to talk about spoilers so go ahead okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. i'm not okay. gonna get yeah i'll be good i'm not gonna give away the twist because that movie has such a cool unique one-of-a-kind twist yeah the but, idea um, behind it it's awesome yeah yeah, 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 and if yeah, you guys can let the rabbit out of that hat if you want. <laughs> but I'll tell you the one thing is, um, it's got a death scene that's done completely auditory, um, right? Where, where, and it's this is part of the build because this is like before you see the actual manifestation in physical form. Right. There's a right. death scene that's just like a, a radio broadcast of someone that's getting attacked, and or infected or whatever. And right. <laughs> Yeah. so cool that you can feel that uh that kind of tension and fear from just yep. an, uh, a broadcast and that to me and and then that cum culminates in you actually getting to see it later on the movie but we're talking like an hour in at least so, right good example yeah that's a great example wasn't there a scene in the film because i only saw the movie once and that was like when it almost when it first came out so there's Same a here. scene in the movie where the, all of these creatures are in the recording studio or whatever they're in the radio station and it's silent right and they're like walking through the the, the radio station that silence is creepy as hell it's when you don't hear anything but these creatures are are present um that really added to the to so much tension for me i really enjoyed the, the uh the you know the the build-up um in that movie so you're right, uh, Omar. I think I need to. I think I need to watch Pontypool again because I haven't seen it in a while. But that's definitely because a great movie. It was. It was zombification. It was a virus that was through sound, through words. Right. Yeah. It's almost like the words themselves became viral somehow. If if I remember correctly, 
and and they they basically had to recreate language so that it would wouldn't have the virus attached to the words because yeah. the words themselves you you know you'd hear them and you'd become infected so yeah. I, I i mean the idea behind it i thought was brilliant you know yeah. it's weird and, it wasn't even the words it was the semantic understanding of the word so yeah you, if you could change yeah. the understanding of what that word meant to you then you could yeah. then you could cure it's it's so bizarre. And the, so the last thing I'll say with Pontypool because we're probably talking about way too much is mm -hmm. the soundtrack. The guy was inspired oh, by Philip so Glass. It's, it's, it's because ah. he, Philip Glass is big on repetition, and when you get infected, you repeat phrases. Right. And I thought that that was a really brilliant little uh, idea for him to kind of base the. I love it when when people that like when soundtrack designers base the the music off of the monster. I think that's like the coolest. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Do you guys have a record you want to share? We didn't grab it, but Terravision Records did press it, and I believe they still have copies. Uh, okay. And it's fantastic soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not as popular of a movie, so they, they even said like this was a weird one for us. And I was like, guys, I'm so glad you pressed this. Like, yeah. I can't believe I can't believe you did, and I'm so thankful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So great selection, Pontypool. It's not one I would have thought of, and I I didn't. Luckily, my list is a little bit different so far. So, but that's a good one. Omar, what do you got for us? All right. So since we already covered the witch, that was uh, no, that was going to be on the. We didn't oh. cover the witch. Well, I mean, you just uh, you know you said that that you know. So all right, we didn't it's cover so, the witch. It's but so we funny. Mentioned the witch. All it's right. so funny because the witch has been one of the most divisive. Yeah, horror movies in yeah. a long, long time. I mean, there were right. there were people like in the theater with me. Like five of us went. We saw the movie and there was like three of us that really were into it. And two of us were like, this movie sucked. What the fuck are we watching? Like, it's taking so long and nothing happens. And then at the end, really? Like, and you're going to live the deliciously? I'm is, like, uh, are you uh, kidding? Uh, that was brilliant. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, what's it? Uh, Black uh, Black Peter or whatever. The, Black the Philip. Name? Black, Black Philip. That's it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> It's funny because I'm usually I'm usually on the side of not liking movies. I'm like like a snob. I'll I'll admit it. I'm like really snobby when it comes to movies. But this yeah. one just it was so dreadful. It was just so dark. Yeah. And I, and and it required a lot of attention because they were speaking in that very old style. Yeah. And so it you know, I had to English. really sit. Yeah. Yeah, the accents and, and, were very thick heavy you know exactly the way they were speaking and you know whatever uh i mean it, it's not middle english but it, but it's definitely an older form of english and and i'm sitting there like focused i trying to understand okay well what did that mean but still even if you didn't understand a lot of it you still know what was going on with the story almost like uh you know so, sometimes the silent movies you know what's happening you just don't have to hear what they're saying but uh, but yeah, I just thought it was, like I said, that sense of dread, the the this impending doom that's going to happen, and you know you just have to be patient for it. And I don't know, I thought the payoff was kind of good, you know, because um, I'm I'm a big history fan, and you know watching the the witches flying around in this very you know, I've seen a lot of paintings, you know, that 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 had those images and woodcuts and stuff like that. And and, and seeing it on the screen was really, uh, really awesome for me. 
You know, it's funny because when I was a kid, I was into Wicca and I was into, you know, reading up on witchcraft and everything. So, yay. yeah. So <laughs> I was into all that stuff and paganism was a big deal yep. and pagan horror movies was became a big deal for me. Reading up on on the history of witchcraft and what they were saying, like, you know, the making of potions and all this other stuff and a flying potion, you needed the fat of an un... Um, an un, um, unbaptized yeah. child. Yeah. And so when they steal the baby and you see her with a mortar and pestle and she's like putting, I was like, oh my God, is she rendering, gruesome, yeah. is she rendering the fat? And then she covers herself in the, in the baby, you know, in the gore. And I was like, wow. I mean, they were really just digging into witchcraft lore and and then subsequently, you know, from watching that movie, that's I really appreciated it more because of uh, I found out about Mark Corvin and and the soundtrack that he that he put together, which we talked about. It's just a glorious soundtrack. I mean, one of my favorite. It's so damn good. So um, one the one thing I'll also say about the witch that I think is super cool is that. Okay, so a lot of time horror movies have like the supernatural thing that you're afraid of, and then it's got like the real thing that 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 was like the real thing that you're that you should be afraid of. Um, let me let me be more clear. So in the case of the witch, there is the witch, but it's also directly associated with like, I think it's called in literature like literature the garrison mentality, which is like you are trying to create a, a, a fortress from the natural world because the natural world has all of these evils that you need to defend right. yourself. Yeah. Like, That's true. Like you, I like that. You feel like that is kind of symbolizing that, like the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like you I get like like because they're because they're like kind of colonizing that space, and in that space is in this the, these natural threats, and like you know if, from like a biblical perspective, uh, anything like seen as satanic, like witchcraft, all of that is coming from the natural world, just right. as much as the other threat is. So they really merge the natural world with sort of those those pagan, I guess scary kind of the things and they do that quite well where it feels like the evil is an extension of the natural world and they're kind of yes. conquering that as much as they're conquering any of the other challenges they're facing as colonizers so i thought that was really sweet reminds me of that emma knight Shyamalan movie <laughs> <laughs> which one There's a, why isn't that on happening <laughs> yeah that is that the happening with um, mark Wahlberg? Or no, 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 no. I think it was oh, the other the one village. where the village, the village. Oh, the right. village. Oh, yeah. I saw that. You know, I that popped into my head. No, it's true. I see. I see. But the same. That's the same. But that's actually. It's funny because that's that is exactly what they were doing. Is that only the garrison was the uh, the natural world that they were defending mm -hmm. the, the people in the city. And they thought they were doing the right thing. Meanwhile, they were like a cult. But that, meanwhile, they were a cult. But that's, yeah. Yeah. That's super. No, that but that's one of the things that, that got to me that the presence of evil dwells in nature. Yes. Yeah. Is the yeah. thought right. process, and I and and for me it was like, um, you know, there are uh, setting is everything when it comes to a horror movie, um, and I love I love when the um, the protagonists are put into a position of just total weakness. They are at the mercy of of that's, what of what's going on. Yeah. Right. That's, that speaks to the next one on our list, but yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. And and I think the witch is one of those things. It's like um for me, like the fall of the house of Usher, you know, where 
yeah. where the characters are they rise and fall by you know the house when when the when they die the family line dies the house splits apart and crumbles into that tarn and disappears mm -hmm. so it's as if they never existed at all and i love that type of thing because that um that family they were swallowed up they were subsumed by nature the 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 witch you know and they so the witch comes and and takes them right so she becomes one of with that coven just imagine like that house is just in, in in a couple of seasons that house is completely gone and reclaimed by nature again you know what i mean it's just like you grow to think of what kind of despair leads a family down that path and religion is the key element of that despair because it was also pride they, they were like at the very beginning they were kind right. of like uh you know, challenging the church and, you know, being very critical and I was like, oh, I'm going to go off and do it on my own. It takes his family and, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. the rest of this uh, history. So I wasn't going to take this out now, but I might as well. So I'm going to, I don't know if you could see this. Oh, um, <laughs> it's sort of coming in and out. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough to see, but um, anyway, it's, uh, I brought out a couple of records. You got us. She'll be back in just a second. Yeah, I think you might have to b block out the um, background, Lenny. The um, water, you have to. Yeah. Else it's not going to happen, man. All right, let's see. Yeah, yeah no, you can't. No, because I think you have to turn off the background. I am. Which? Oh, there we go. Oh, okay. Nice. That's a cool background anyway. Mm. So here's the witch. It's a really uh, glossy sleeve you have that kept in. You're I not, know. You're not yeah. sleeve, are you? We have almost bought that record so many times. Yeah. We should own it, right? You should own this nice. one. Yeah, we should. I know. The repress actually sold before I could... Oh, and he's got the starburst. Oh, yeah, this is the silver gray thing. But yeah, um, yeah. anyway, that's, 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 that's on my list. Like I said, they're not in any, any order. But... Uh, yeah, I, the witch is definitely in there as a slow burn because up until, I mean, the, the, it develops, right? It develops over that time frame, but it does, yeah. See, I knew you guys posted that um, during the, the season. That was his Valentine's Day present, I think last year. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I love that. It came out on Valentine's it's Day. Gorgeous. I thought it was a fun if you yeah. their label and you get all their subscription ones, they actually give you all the really nice, like, hand decors that are even prettier than these ones. Oh, like, yeah. Hard. We do, and we're like, yeah. So yeah. we're not. <laughs> yeah. How how much is their monthly subscribe their subscription? Is it a, is it an annual one like uh, uh, waxwork? Um, I don't know if it's annual. I don't know. I think it's. I don't want to. I don't want to guess. So I okay, don't know. I'll have to but check into it. It's a reasonable price, and they're super uh, super cool, low budget uh, indie rock lovers. Like they'll they'll print stuff. <laughs> that you were just like it just drops your jaw it's like oh my god they you thought did, of that. and they're gorgeous Good. they did the unsolved mysteries one didn't they yes, yeah that, yes, yeah yes. That was i have one that one that's actually really good yeah all right so uh all right so we got the witch the witch and pontypool sexy yes. all nice. right what's your number four wait Ow. lenny what was your number five you ever call this one i i did the witch Oh, oh, you did. Oh, you did the witch. Yeah, I, right, I was cool. going to save it for a little All bit right. later because I've talked about it before, but I want to put right. it in there. What I love, especially on that soundtrack, there's not a single electronic instrument. It's all yes. done uh, 
by instruments in that period of time. So it, it's brilliant. I loved it. Awesome. So our next one has like no soundtrack. No, we have no soundtrack, but we're on. No, this... because it has no soundtrack. It has no soundtrack. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, while we're on the track of witches, I'm sure you all have heard of the Blair Witch. Yes. Yes. It's funny. I was just yeah. thinking about this movie and I was like, you know what? The remake. Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> the, but the remake. No, part two. Oh, there's a part I two. never saw a part two. Oh. I didn't even know there was a part I two. Heard, yeah, I there heard. Yeah, it was a part was really two and then there though. was a reboot and the reboot was just as bad. Part two was like, it was like watching just explosive diarrhea up against the screen. Like I, There was no rhyme or reason. It, it just was all over the place. I wanted to like it, but it just felt like I was on acid and, and it wasn't a good trip. I I don't see why anyone would want to make a, you know, a remake. Like it's, you know, there's some movies that just should not be remade. And those remakes are always so forget forgotten, you know? It's like, why would you mm -hmm. want to remake that? You cannot know. remake the Blair Witch. Like it exactly. has that candid quality that you can't recapture. Like you, it's so believable yeah. that it's someone's like candid camera. Especially yeah. in like they yeah. dropped like '97 yeah. or whatever. It was yeah. like no one was used to that. Like now, it's like that's the thing to do. Yeah. But it, was it was like one of the first websites that de that they developed for like people going onto the website to see additional stuff that you couldn't get anywhere else. It was like, it, it was multimedia. It was very like, um, I, the buzz around it was excellent. Like they really knew what they, they were it. doing with the, yeah. the hype. The hype was really intelligently done. Mm -hmm. And to, you know, the whole idea is if you're going to remake it, you're eliminating one of the most important aspects and that's the hype, uh, you know, how, how you, you know, publicize it, you know, it, it just, it, 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 that was almost part and parcel with the movie, you yeah. know, that was part of the experience. So it just seemed very strange that they would try to remake it. That's so true. But yeah, slow burner. Why is, why do you think the Blair Witch Project is a good slow burner? I, I just think of, you don't, it builds so much tension throughout the film. You get really attached to the character and their narratives. And by the end of it, you're, you're you're so invested and scared with them. It, I feel like it's it's a, a great example of using that tension. And it gets so and dismal. And, yeah. and it gets to the point yeah. where you're like, shit, this is there's no yeah. way oh, that this is going to, to end, end well. well. And, and no. I just want to know how. And then the end. climax scared me so much at the end. Tell I me what scared you the most. Tell me what scared you the most. I'm going to tell you. It's probably the same thing that scares the crap out of everyone. The mirror scene, the very the, end where the guy is staring at the wall. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. He does. He's just staring at the wall. He's like just terrified. He can't look away. It's just you're know, like, what the fuck is happening right now? It's, and it was foreshadowed, you know, yes. uh, uh, earlier. So yeah. when I saw it, I was like, oh damn! But then yeah. it ends, boom! You know? Yeah. Yes. yeah. No, yeah. it was so good. Oh. Kudos, kudos to the, I, I get uh, the townspeople so actors in that movie. Yeah. They don't, they don't ruin it. There's uh right, but they add to the the freakiness. They were they add to the believability that you are in like this play. Like yeah. they did a, a, I know that movie does actually. I bet you, you guys might know more than us. That movie probably does receive some criticisms. Uh, yeah, but but um for for us, it's like we watched it recently. And we're like, man, this one held up. Yeah. Where so many yeah. others. I've heard 
you know, lauded as like le- as classics. I, I don't think they do as well like that that movie. Mm-hmm. No, on. I agree. I'm not a fan of of found footage. In fact, nine out of ten movies, if I'm like scrolling to watch a movie and it's a found footage trailer, I I back out of it. I go right to the next selection. What am I, what else am I watching? Because found footage movies don't really do anything for me. There's a few of them that I like, um, like Cloverfield. Okay. Um, yeah. So I like Cloverfield, but only because I love monster movies. And you just, I, I kept hoping for more monsters, you know, and I kept hoping to see more. But um, yeah, this, not- wait, wait. <laughs> no. yeah, oh. well, there was like you, almost, you don't see it. Um, but I do like some of the, um, the conceit of the Blair Witch, you know, like how they went in there and did it like that kind of makes sense. We're filming a documentary, you know what I mean? So it makes sense that they're going in there and doing what they're doing. Um, oftentimes it just becomes tedious. And I, but I'd give them also credit for being so early in the game and that That's, style, you know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, we don't like a lot of atmospheric black metal, but the first people that did a good atmospheric black metal album, it's That's hard so to true. like, they you, you know, like you kind of can hold it to at least a slightly different standard, maybe, it's, maybe not. That's but, fair. That's you know? fair. No, I agree with you. And that's one of the, this is one of the found footage movies that I enjoy seeing. I've seen it multiple times and I do like it. And I think they did it right. For, for, um, me, yeah. for me, the right. creepy part was when they found the, 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 the stick men hanging. Oh, in the, yeah. 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 That gets me, and it's it's just such good practical effects, and it's so. I grew subtle. up in a house in a forest, and we had this old little shack on just over the fence on the property behind us. And mm-hmm. my brother always told me a witch lived in there. Lived in there. So when I saw the Blair Witch, it was like my whole childhood. Oh my god! <laughs> like, that's, very that's, like <laughs> real. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, we have um. Uh, my the property that we live on we've been here for a long time and when we moved here from long island it's as you as you imagine so long island new york you know there's um it's overcrowded right so it's bustling or whatever else and we moved upstate new york it's about an hour hour and 10 minutes north of manhattan and so we have five acres of land and all of our neighbors have five acres of land uh, five acres of land around us and so there's tons of woods in the back. We, we, we could go camping right out our back door and just walk into the woods because there was a, a massive area um, where someone on the hill behind us, they have like 30 acres of, of land and they only built like on the on three acres at the top in the corner. So we have all of this unused land that we used to use up as kids. We had quads, we had everything else. And part of that is the creepiness of having the thick woods in your area. And you feel like, oh my God, there's something lives here, you know? It kind of you have that embedded in you if you've grown up in that sort of setting. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, and so it's uh, it definitely puts you in the mindset, especially if you're like, I'm sure, like you, if you guys are anything like I am and Omar, overactive imaginations, especially when you're watching movies or um, you immerse yourself into these types of images and or even the soundscapes of these horror movies, they put you directly into, um, you know, wherever they want to put you. So they create this soundscape of fear, of trepidation, of loneliness, you know, you're, you're forlorn um, or, you know, insert mood here. And that's really what I love about not just um, 
the horror movie in general. It's probably why I love a horror movie that's nihilistic. And then, and then, you know, you really don't walk away with a feel good, you know, movie. You know what I mean? Like, they, like, like call someone you yeah, love. Just yeah. So like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I, I just watched something so horrible. You know what I mean? Like you just, I want to, I want to feel that sense of, you know, like when I see George Romero's uh, Dawn of the Dead, there's that sense that this is everywhere. There's a sense of societal collapse. Yeah. And you get that right in the beginning of Dawn of the Dead with, um, they're in the, the TV station and they're talking about, you know, how to overcome this. What should we do? They got scientists. No one's listening to each other. Everyone's just waiting for their turn to speak. And there's like, you know, it's, it's again, like, you know, people are not really focused on you know, how to come together. And, and that sense of um, that we're not going to get out of this is really what makes for me that makes a good horror movie. So like you said earlier, there's not a, a feeling that you're going to come away like this is not going to end well. And yeah. so to bring it back around, I love movies where you feel like this is not going to end well. And you know, it ended up well for the people that made that movie. They did it on like a, what, a $22,000 budget. They filmed it in eight days. Um, and then they made $240 million. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I think before that, um, Halloween was like the most successful independent film, technically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it was Halloween. And then after that, it was Blair. It was the Blair Witch Project. So, I mean, just imagine you have a $22,000 budget and you make $240 million. I mean, it's insane. I, I think, um, what was it? Uh, Paranormal even made more. Yeah, and Paranormal Activity. Yeah, yeah they, they made it for less money and yeah. and they even uh, and made more. So, yeah, I, I, I one but that scared the socks out of me i'm not gonna lie I, I <laughs> it, 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 it did I, I think it actually at like it also had a lot of atmosphere like you, you were sitting there watching it tensed up you know like i yeah, i definitely enjoyed it so uncanny like that just made my hair stand that attic scene in that show like, I know it had its issues, but that that was just scary. That was just plain scary. Can I? I'm gonna be honest. I've never seen it. Paranormal. I swear really? to God. Oh wow. Uh, See, I I've know it's never seen it's any found, of them. It's found footage, but it's it's good. I did. I never saw any of the sequels, but the original. I really yeah. enjoyed it, man. I. I know, I know. And I've been talking like last time we spoke, uh, that was a movie that we, we, you know, was on our list that we were talking about. Um, yeah. I need to see it. I never have. Um, and, you know, I think part of it at first was like, uh, another found footage. And I just got so annoyed. And it was done intelligently, I think, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's how it's done. Yeah. yeah it threw away, Lenny, it threw away a lot of the things that make a lot of older horror movies uh, loved. Yeah. Which is like maybe a reason why a lot of people would immediately not like it. But it, it, and, it, it and instead of those qualities, instead made like these really, uh, for its time, realistic, modern, modern, fears. modern like experiences yeah. and fears, yeah. which are probably hated now. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah. But it was, I just remember this. I was watching I remember that too, the first that time I saw it. Probably. I just remember that feeling. And I haven't, I, I honestly can count on my hand, on uh, my two hands, the amount of times I felt in my life where I'm like, Oh, I'm actually like I'm I'm really yeah. scared. Like this one's yeah. actually got me. Yeah. Like I uh, love that. 
I just yeah, remember yeah. feeling so excited yeah. uh, about that feeling. Yeah. And, and I, di I didn't go into that movie expecting it. As someone who grew up in like a suburban home, just normal little life, flickering mm. around with Ouija boards and, and just living, <laughs> you know, living it to the best. That movie scared me because it yeah. all your fears could manifest in the way you think that it could. Okay. All right. Well, you guys sold me. I mean, I want to, I'm going to see it. I'm going to check it out. Maybe I'll watch it this weekend. Yeah, hopefully it's not too dated. Yeah. I know. It's been a while, I, I don't know if it survived but, the test of time. But I don't know. But there are movies from the seventies that I look at now. I'm like, Oh my God, this still looks and still plays out so good. You know? So a movie that's maybe, what is it? Eight years old. It can't be more than that. Yeah. Um, you'd be surprised what's happened because it's a, it's very technology based. So you'd be surprised. Oh uh, yeah. But okay. uh, yeah. Just give it a shot. Either. I will. I will. All right, so Omar, you're next. All right. Um, I chose a bone tomahawk. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. This, this was going to be on my selection. Yeah. It dropped off really? my list. Go ahead, yeah. Omar. Go ahead. It was, it was hard. Like, again, I got seven. And so I'm like, ah. The two, the two on the, uh, that I was kind of thinking of taking off for the witch and Bone Tomahawk. I'm like, because Bone Tomahawk doesn't really, it's not really horror per se, but it's got a lot of very um, horror it, elements. It's a horror movie. No. Yeah, I, I mean, all right, fine. It's a horror movie. <laughs> it's or, it's it's oh disturbing as hell. I knew going into that that I couldn't handle it. I pieced out at a certain time. I was pregnant. I was vulnerable. Uh -oh. I'm, I can't handle this. I'm so happy I did. I'm like, Dylan explained to me what happened. He described the scenes. I'm like, thank you. The left room. Thank you. Thank you. You made you the right decision. Yeah. 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 The, the ending pays for that entire film. The characters yeah. in that film are so quirky and right. fun to watch and listen to. And I mean, two words, Kurt Russell. Dude. Right. It, it, yeah. <laughs> like it reminds because i was saying tombstone too because tombstone's like one of my favorite movies of all time me too i, I love it why would i love a 90s western as much as much as any other movie i've ever seen but it's because of kurt russell's magnet he also like shadow directed that movie by the way he did but in oh any i didn't know that oh yeah Cos cosmatos uh -huh. we were talking about this the um the um oh god beyond the black rainbow yeah. is the son of the man who who directed uh tombstone Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Directed, so, I uh, say directed. Yeah. Directed, yeah. yeah. They, they, yeah, but Kurt Russell took it. Any, in any case, it was like he was back, only now it's like incestuous um, tribe. Troglodytes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Troglodytes, cave dwellers. And um, the, the whole thing, it, it was like Tombstone meets like the coolest X-Files episode ever kind of thing. It was, yeah. It was, there's that X Files episode that's really that has like a similar sort of thing going on with like inbreeding and parrot parrot. And any in any case, I forget the name. Of the, it's a really cool episode. It was one that yeah. like got some some hot water. Oh yes, yes, I know exactly the one you're talking about. And the funny thing is, I haven't seen all of the uh, um, all of the episodes of the X Files, but that one was one of the ones I I saw, and I remember the you know. I think what, someone was kept under a bed or something. Like there was all this inbreeding. It was just really disturbing. Oh, I was like man. shocked at how, how, you know, just brutal that episode was. But yeah, I could definitely see a resemblance there with uh, Bon Tomahawk. Um, I gotta let you talk more about it though. Cause we, sorry, you just kind of got us excited. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's cool. I, I also, 
again, I'm a big history fan. And the way that it played out reminds me of like certain, um, certain things that were documented in history and how they interact and, you know, send someone over this way. It just played out like a very, like whoever wrote it or and directed it also uh, had an understanding of history and, and how things play out historically, you know? And I, I've read similar things in, you know, historical documents where it just, it just had this feel of it, of, of, of have, you know, thing, you know, about it. And of course there's that one scene that I think everyone saw it. They were like, oh my God, it was just so brutal, man. So brutal. Everything that takes place in like that <laughs> circular cave Yes, is straight terror and 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 awkward and awful. Everything that I need out of this room. Yeah, I'm the first person to say I'm so happy I didn't see it. And like, have you seen it? Have you seen it since then, Brooklyn? Sorry, what? Have you seen it since then, or have you not watched? I still, honestly, I I have just how he described it to me is that it's gonna be. Something I can't unsee, and I'm still very sensitive. <laughs> even though I love it's, horror movies, yeah, you know what it is. You also, can't unsee it. I agree with yeah, that. It's the. <laughs> it, it really is, man. I mean, it, it was just. I remember uh, I recommended it for a friend of my uh, my r- former roommate when I lived in Texas, and I, he decided to watch it right, and then I go upstairs to my room, and I'm you know whatever doing doing you know uh, on the computer or whatever, and then I hear him go. Oh my God! I'm like, yep. Like, that was the scene. That, yep. yep, that had to be it. I think everyone who watches this movie, and this is another one of those love it or hate it movies. You know, my yeah. my girlfriend Anita, we love horror movies. We love watching them together, but we don't have this necessarily the same tastes in those movies. So, I and she's like, oh, uh, I saw this movie. You would love it, but I hated it. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, so it's like I don't know. I just. I, I'll drag her to just about anything, any anything that I can, um, and if it's got an Italian director tied to it, you know, I'm all in on it. So, um, but any any case, this movie was one of those movies where she was like, uh, you know, it was okay. It was it was just all right, but for me, I love Kurt Russell and just in anything that he does, it, it even if he's like third billing, he could the um, what do you call it? The Christmas. I was just thinking it's about Christmas that the, movie that he's Santa, got Santa Claus, going on Netflix. He plays Santa Claus. I don't give a damn. That's like Escape from New York for me. It's got Kurt Russell in it. I don't care. It's Escape from Santa's Workshop. You know what I mean? Like, I just love Kurt Russell so much. Can I, um, can I, can I make a really random comment about that just because it's hilarious? Yeah. Kurt Russell bought Italian smoked meat off my grandpa. What? Because he works at a farmer's market in the Muskokas in Ontario where Kurt Russell has a lovely cottage and he had no idea. He came with Goldie Hawn and they bought oh my a bunch God. of off him and he's like, oh, Jimmy, those were lovely customers. And my dad's, he's an Italian old man. My dad's like, <gasps> dad, that was Kurt Russell. <laughs> was oh, wow. Oh my God, that's awesome. So I think that was- like, I love that. Yeah, that's a great story. <laughs> 
that is yeah Kurt, Kurt Russell can do no wrong I was when I was a kid I wanted to be Snake Plissken you know what I mean like I, those are the <laughs> movies that I grew up with and that was it for me like if I could be Snake Plissken and you know fuck with the president and give him the wrong tape and everything like I wanted to do all those things like that's probably where I got my sensibilities from like the middle finger that I have to this day is probably because of those type of um, anti-establishment movies and they kind of put you in the mindset of not to be blindly patriotic I mean th there's a dangerous element to that blind patriotism and I think we see it today um, oh, not to get political but I'm just saying uh, I think I think there's a danger Find allegiance. Yeah. Let's yeah. Um, Absolutely. And so, anyway, but uh, yeah, so Kurt is the man. Thank you for that story. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. So we got round two. All right. Now, All you right. mentioned something earlier that you watched Bone Tomahawk and you were terrified and you couldn't yeah. watch the end of it. I Because um, you were, and you were pregnant at the time. So, but obviously, I've never been pregnant, but my <laughs> mom was pregnant. And she was pregnant with me and this is a slow burn for me so this yeah, is totally this is rosemary's baby that's on my list um so this is such a slow but this is like one of the quintessential modern horror films um for me i love um i love this movie my mom and dad saw this movie when my mom was pregnant with me and um it was one of those things my mom's name is rosemary Oh yes! Oh so, my God! Not Rosemary, obviously Rosemary's <laughs> baby, but the, she's Rosemary's baby. And so yes. I got this version. I don't know if you could see the smoky. Oh, this is a nice smoky. Yeah, yeah I love smoky vinyl. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you could get this one. What the only reason we haven't picked it up is because we haven't revisited the movie in so long, oh, and yeah? I feel like if we watched it again, we'd probably run on the website and yeah. It. But this is definitely one, one to get. It's um, you know, I mean, it's just one to have because it's it's a classic film. It's a classic film. I um, yeah. I love the setting, and again, we talk about um, a haunted house, and uh, it's not necessarily it doesn't revolve around the house, but this um, the setting of this place being a a, a locus of of witchcraft and satanism so the house is um a catalyst for the um you know for rosemary to to become impregnated um by what she thinks is her husband's seed but it's the devil's seed and um i love the conceit here i i love um how she slowly builds up this this fear you know, we all we talk about this. You hear about about this type of of movie. Obviously, as a man, I'm not. Um, I'll never be able to experience. You know, this type of of odd feeling. But you know, I was married at the time, and I was I was actually I actually had um, pangs of childbirth when my wife at the time when she was going through this. I had sympathy pregnancy. Um, <laughs> I was going through, I would, I, near the end of it, I was getting nauseous. I was, I was emotional. Like we were watching uh, about the Olympics or something. And there was a woman who was, um, you know, talking about how she's been able to overcome so much adversity in her life and go on to win the bronze medal. And I was in tears watching this. And my wife was like, 
<laughs> uh, are you okay? I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. He died during the price is right. Someone won the big <laughs> Yeah. Time. I'm so happy for them. So your emotions are running high already. Yeah. And now you take that with these fears of you're losing yeah. control. And then there's all of these other things that are building up and the people that are creepy. And then the big reveal at the end where he has his father's eyes. You're waiting the entire movie for that line, I think. And when that exactly. line is delivered, it's like, oh, shit. Like, you know that the father is not, you know, what's his name? You know that the father is Satan at that point. And I, so I think, like, you know, it is the quintessential slow burn. Yeah. That was my number three. Nice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. And, we, awesome. we definitely need and we, to, we, uh, we touched on it at dinner, but we're like, we can't put it on our list because we're not as worst in it right now. It's been a while since we both watched it, but I, we definitely agree. That was a great example of a slow burner. And Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad you guys like that one. I always tell that story about my mom's name being Rosemary and yeah. Rosemary's baby. And she watched that with when it's she was pregnant with me. I'm the spawn of Satan. It's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, and my mom got me into horror movies when she when I was a kid, like she was into horror. And so she was my my catalyst into the world of horror movies. And so I kind of feel like I had had no chance, like I was born into it. So there's this uh, band called Phantomus and they have uh it's uh, Buzz from the Melvin uh, from Melvins and mm -hmm. Dave Lombardo from Slayer on drums and uh, someone else recall offhand. But anyways, they have this album called The Director's Cut, where they take a bunch of classic movie themes and other things and um, do them in their own experimental extreme. Oh wow! Style. And so um, they're they're what they do with Rosemary's Baby is. Uh, easily one of the best if not the my favorite song from the, the from the album so, so they do the cool. godfather too they do so Cape Fear, they do oh, they do nice. so anyways i um and i like we got the box set of their entire discography just because that's the only spot where you can get the director's cut so please 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 check out phantom us uh with an f yeah with an f. um the director's cut or in, in particular Lenny, please check out the rosemary's baby yeah i'm gonna have to so thank cool. you for the heads up i need to i need to get that yeah yeah and the whole box is so cool it's like a, it's awesome yeah it's, yeah is it still available or i'm like gonna get raped on discogs <laughs> people are reselling them super cheap because it was way too weird when they actually oh yeah, <laughs> yeah they, oh like, i love that no, it's so cool though, and it's got a great aesthetic, great horror aesthetic, and mm -hmm. kind of like mahogany sort of like chest, like an alchemist's tool. Oh yeah. wow, I'm sold. I'm gonna go online. I'm gonna buy it tonight. Yeah, yeah someone's got to sell it that. Was just like, what? This was way too fucking weird. For I know. Me. <laughs> Dude, there's no such phrase too weird for me. It's like. Patton. My cat. My yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, wow. Because I've heard of the project. Yeah. I just didn't realize what it what it was. Yeah, yeah. sounded familiar to me. Yeah, Mike yeah. Patton meets uh, Melvin's meets well, Dave Lombardo. Yeah. You can't get better than that. Their other no. albums are all more experimental, but the director's cut is straight up like. So it's cut. just the director's cut that has all of these horror rifts on riffs on it. Right. Check it out. Check, I will. You, you will not be sad unless no. unless really experimental music that has like abrasive men shouting at you all night is not your thing but um <laughs> where do i sign Love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right give us your uh give us your next one we're on what number three? Oh, this is a good one so my uh 
Oh, our next one is arguably maybe even yours. Do you, do you want me to do this one? Can I can I scroll that one? We'll both we we're both doing all of them. It doesn't matter. Okay. Go ahead. Next is uh, Hitchcock's 1940 classic uh, Rebecca. Oh, you beast! You conversation. Daphne du Maurier wrote it, uh, and this is one of the uh, earliest. And correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the earliest examples of a of a twist narrative that mm -hmm. is um, phenomenally and executed. it creates this thick tension that is just undeniably just a movie in itself. The tension could yeah. have been a movie in itself. Yeah, yeah, like it, it and you, you you get attached to every character, and you you feel uh, you feel this sort of impending doom. Well, and it was a movie and it, it was books. And it's like, when you look at Henry James, like famous like horror author did like the turn of the screw or you're looking at some of like the one that I read to you when you're pregnant, um, oh, the God had like the Goblin Garden. There was like a series of Gothic one uh, horror stories where like there was no explicit real ghost that shows up at the end kind of thing. It was it just was an kind awesome- It was kind of an eternal doom. Like, like an eternal doom. Sort yeah. of like the witch kind of. Yeah. Not really. The witch does have like a, a show, but- um, a reveal rather but yeah. anyways this uh rebecca has this amazing reveal that 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 puts it into this like horror category for us in and then there's also an ending twist on, in on top of that like at the very end yeah yeah it's it's kind of like, um i'm gonna yeah. have to check that out i've never seen it but i definitely want to want to check it out it only won the oscar for best picture it's not yeah it's all <laughs> The book, though, you like, you know, the we book were talking about this the last time we met, and I this is on my list, so I can't wait. Oh, it's so good. Um, the premise, and I, and I, in that case, I won't spoil the reveal for you, Omar, but uh, there is uh, the, the, the it's about a woman who marries a, a powerful man who, who he had has a, a deceased wife who was very powerful she had a she's very well known and respected um and and wealthy and she was more ostensibly yes yes and and she was and so the new wife is a more timid and uh really really intimidated by by this woman yeah and the story is told from the perspective of this timid wife and there's they, also they did a a Netflix, right? That was uh, a new one. Don't not, not good. Not no, good. Actually, we wow. have people have told us it's good, but I, I do not believe them. Because yeah. They okay. I was gonna say they remade this, but I, I probably would wait until I see the original. See the original. Yeah. Watch the yeah. original, uh, and then and then do the Netflix if you're like interested. But I have not. We have not actually watched the Netflix. But yeah. I would say to start with it because I don't trust it. Yeah, right. we'll start with the book or, the, or Hitchcock. That would be a good start. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, I tell everybody to you know Hitchcock's the way to go. Just in in if you want to just learn anything about filmmaking, screenwriting, Absolutely. or just yeah. learn how to watch a good movie that that's you know going to put you in the in the in the uh, he's the, the master the, the movie watching mode. You know what I mean? Not just you're just going to go in blindly watch something like you know. Friday the 13th, you have to watch the subplots and, and the things that the characters say, they all hold so much weight in these movies, so. And thank God, because I had that book uh, on a pedestal that you wouldn't believe. Like, literally, I was reading this book when you met me. Like, I, when I was, like, when we met each other, I was avoiding her on my lunch break reading the book while she was in the restaurant I was working. I, I was too nervous to talk to her. Oh, man, that's funny. I keep guy reading an interesting looking book over there. <laughs> and so, so this book, 
had so much uh, not just that memory but just it was one of the best it is incredible mo- one of the most uh what a, such a modern expression so early uh such a such a well-written book kudos Daphne de Maury, I think that's who wrote it but and then then Hitchcock thank god Hitchcock actually made a great movie too because like I, I went in very not expecting to be impressed yeah yeah like nothing could hold a candle to the book but he actually did a wonderful job interpreting it yeah yeah well if anyone could do it right (laughs) it'd be hitchcock (laughs) it's it's and the last thing i'll say about it is it's got that classic gothic horror style which is not if it's Mm -hmm. not the same thing as like a slasher flick or anything like that so don't uh, don't go in expecting that it's it's about what you said Mm -hmm. the the scene the, yeah. the 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 setting it's all yeah about- yeah absolutely can't wait yeah i need to i need to stop sleeping on that and, and get on it please let us know what you thought yeah, <clears throat> oh absolutely awesome. maybe we do a watch party and record ourselves and we can <laughs> that would actually be fun. fun yeah that would be a, that would be a good time all right omar give it to all us all right what do you got um midsomar a, a new you know this is actually the last of my new uh movies and um i wasn't actually really that big of a fan of uh, hereditary but uh i really really enjoyed midsommar very Shame. again i know Shame. i know Shame. yeah yeah sorry we love different opinions we're going yeah to yeah on you right now it's it's that it's that movie snob obnoxious you know thing that i do but um but Mitsomar, I really, really enjoyed. It was, again, very long, um, but I never lost interest. Like, I wanted to see what was happening. For All sure. the scenes made a lot of sense. There was a great progression. And, uh, and, and again, it was the story uh, within the story of her relationship with her boyfriend. who was, you know, a total asshole. How... Uh, you know the whole thing with her uh, family. You know, with with the, the her sister the and the murder. parents, the suicide murder. Exactly. So, um, and, and that was never ignored in this movie. It was always kind of front and center. And and I think that really uh, it was the acting, everything about it was done really, really well. So yeah. I, I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we talked about it last time. <clears throat> yeah, we we did um, an episode on it. Yeah, yeah we did it. one of our early enough. episodes in the podcast. We talked about we did a double feature. We did um, right. Midsommar and uh, the Wicker, Wicker Man. Man. Yeah, the original. Not the great slow burner, by the way. Well, what? It is the Wicker Man. Man. That's true. Watch Wicker Man. Yeah, I mm-hmm. haven't. Mm-hmm. Why did you watch it? I, I just well, I watched some movies. <laughs> he doesn't have to watch everything with you you know you're not the boss of him <laughs> i've seen it before anyways um yeah it's a great one i i like midsommar i love the look of the movie and give it to you omar that's a that's a perfect example of a slow burner horror movie so that's yeah, that's no, if, if anything is like i think that one may have like matched the bill uh, as much as like any of them could absolutely and for for a modern movie it's just um i mean he really took a chance with it you know because nowadays everything's got to be 
you know, people have a short attention span. We're living in, in, in such fast times that for him to sit and, you know, have this movie that's kind of, you know, really takes its time, uh, it was kind of bold of him to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely kudos yeah. uh, for that. Yeah, not many people today um, are going to go into a two-hour-plus two movie and you're really waiting an hour before before right. they're jumping off that cliff. And you know right. what? Yeah, literally. I, I, literally, yeah. That's yeah, that's literally. From Midsummer to me is the fact that it was long. So I think they did do a good job of creating that that tension, that atmosphere. It doesn't feel like, it did not feel like that long of a movie to me. So. Oh, you're right. Absolutely right. Like what it I did l- not feel that long. And I, I thought it would, but yeah. it didn't. It, they, the time, they, they just knew how to do it. Uh, yeah, you're it's invested. done very well. Very yeah. well. Yeah, they start off with mm. this bleak um, melancholy that just pervades the movie. So, like when she's got the 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 pipe or the the hose taped to her face, and she's vomited through the 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 tape and everything else, and the parents are dead, yeah. and I just the scene. That tableau is terrifying to me. They did such an amazing job right at the beginning of that movie. It sets the tone for everything that happens afterwards. And prior to the tableau, I'd even argue that one of the most pervasive um, fear things that, that, that news organizations like, you know, like clickbaits, one of the fear, a fear inducing clickbait that news organizations will pick is the last thing that someone said on social media before they did something terrible. That's true. Mm-hmm. Whether it was their last text or their last video or their last this, that is the thing that everyone wants to see. So right. to see that played out on the screen. In the most in, worst in, case in, scenario. In, no, right. In, honestly, but they're or all, the, they all feel like worst case scenarios. Yeah. The thing is like- it's, Her email that she read, her sister's email, yeah. you're saying, yeah. like that yeah. email. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's the thing that would have been the news story. That would have been like, this yeah. was their Absolutely. last- Absolutely. That's sister. the thumbnail. Yeah. yeah. And, and exactly. it, to, me, to me, it was just like, oh, this is what it feels like. This is what it looks like when it's yes. actually- and then you. it's so ugly and bleak. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the act, the actress, I forget her name offhand, and I'm sorry that I don't have it, but yeah. she was amazing yeah. in this role. Like, I believed right. every yeah. second of this movie because of her. I was yeah. like, don't I, do shrooms, man. You are going through trauma. Yeah, don't do shrooms. Yeah, they were definitely doing psilocybin. There was something going on there. And you're like, I'm sure the horror movie community has talked to us a lot, but the the one scene, I guess you could call it the the, the one scene that was like encapsulated it maybe. Yeah, or you just knew it was coming. you just knew it was coming. It was just a little much. <laughs> how do you how do you feel about it? Because I don't even know how I feel about that. <laughs> the now you're talking about the cliff jump or. Oh no no that one I was cool with. I'm talking about the the group <laughs> thing with the ladies. The when when the things got like deeply when you knew it was coming. Okay, so when they need to proliferate in order for the uh, in go. order to in in order to have new genes put yeah, into they, the community. Ah. Yeah. So, so, so you had trouble with the tension that that put on their relationship? Like, is that what you're the saying? The whole thing is like, you knew it was coming. You knew it was going to be something fucked up. Yeah. 
with these women and then it happens and you're like oh sweet jesus it's it's worse <laughs> so here's here's the take from a man's point of view if you're ever yeah. in a position where you're single or whatever you're you're dealing with and you go to a strange place and you are um like these guys put themselves in a situation where like they're hoping for to meet up with these strange Swedish women and oh you want me for sex you want me for my seed like yeah. how fucking ego driven they yeah. are they're appealing to his sense of manliness right. and and you know most people most men are going to succumb to this right they're going to put they put themselves in into a position of oh my so many drugs i'm virile but the, the, the thinking doesn't uh, come from here. <laughs> right. They're thinking with their wrong with the wrong head. And that's terrifying, too, because I'm not uh, you're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. You're yeah. not thinking clearly because you're fucked up on on mind altering drugs. They're giving them whatever it is they're drinking is obviously, you know, reducing their inhibitions and getting them to do the things that they want them to do. Otherwise, and and the the uh, that the sun uh, isn't setting, you know, because it's so far up north. It's messing right. with their, you know, uh, uh, you know, biological, uh, you know, regular biology, you know. Yeah. Uh, and that was another thing that I actually really liked is uh, nothing happens in the dark. Everything's it's broad daylight, and these horrific things are happening. So you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very done. I, I, I think. Um... And he's well researched in terms of like the kinds of like obviously he puts a little bit of a spin, a twist on it and makes it his own kind of version of it. But there's the, the things that he's talking about are not uncommon to any to, to cults and to, to a lot of like that the stuff. greenhouse scene. That was that's very old, old, ancient. The, yeah, there's a lot of different practices that practices. pretty much everything there is referencing something that's which you know it could be you could also consider that a criticism but uh i think that it's uh i think it's, i think that it's, think it's pretty good. cool and it makes it it kind of grounds it in history which is probably why you like it all. yeah <laughs> yeah i yeah definitely the, the set pieces for me in a horror movie are just as important in fact sometimes you would i would argue depending upon the type of movie uh it's more important than plot and i know omar i'm gonna raise some you know your ire here because when, whenever we write, we we rewrite and tweak dialogue and tweak plot, and it's super important. But the set piece in a horror movie makes or breaks the conceit that you're going for. And they had, you know, the end of this film where you see people volunteering to to be yeah. immolated, and they have him, they've they inside an actual bear suit, yeah. you know. So there was a bear, and they gutted the bear and then put him inside this animal suit and burned him in an effigy. Um, all of these things, you know, the, um, the what do you call it? The blood eagle that they did where they pulled out the organs and the, and the, uh, and the lungs from behind mm. and, and he was still alive. All wow. of these things, they just added to this, this sense of your, your part of us now. We're going to take you and your humanity, your energy, and we're going to empower our people with your energy. And they they took their humanity from them and then killed them. That ending is terrifying. And people don't give it enough credit. I think they've really built up that tension over the whole thing. You know, yeah, we I, know that they're gonna die. Yeah. I just think we didn't like it because it was too scary. 
Maybe that was. Oh. <laughs> like, it was. It was. Just I like, don't know what that means. Too <laughs> scary. <laughs> yeah, too disturbed. Too disturbed. It was disturbing. It was disturbing. It's, yeah. It's like, I'm not suggesting it's bad by any means. It's very much a subjective interpretation of the film. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. And one thing I'll say too is that the the soundtrack is really really good. It's very sought after. There's yeah. one impressing that everyone wants the May Queen. I know. Variant. Yeah, yeah. I'm so fucking annoyed that I didn't pick it up when I should have. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. I, um, pissed off. Yeah. So they'll repress that. So wait. Till I know. Then. I'm still waiting for the repress because I don't want to spend the crazy money online. Yeah. So. We don't have that one. No, we don't. I'm next. You're next. Hereditary. Yeah. All right. Harry oh. Astor Power Hour. Yes, yeah, the Power Hour. This is another slow burn. This is just black vinyl. There's nothing exciting here. Mm-hmm. Other Sam than the music Sam. on it. Colin Other Stetson. than the fantastic music. Colin so I saw this movie. I had no idea what I was going in to see. I just heard it was good. And lately, in the last few years, I just know just enough about a movie to know whether or not I want to see it in a theater. And that's really how I like it. I don't want to get into spoilers. Sometimes I don't even watch a full trailer. Like I'll just start watching a movie and just say, this looks like something I'm into. But the second I started watching this movie, I went, I saw it in a theater as I just, as I want to, because I love going to the movies and I miss that so much right now. Um, So going to see this movie I loved every single thing about Hereditary. I love this movie. I love the 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 acting. I love the the sense of despair. Um, Tony Collette, when her daughter um, is decapitated in this movie, <gasps> the sense of loss is palpable. Like I I was in tears watching her crying because it was the most powerful acting I think I've seen in a long long time. Can, she can was I, amazing. I, I make two comments on that. I'm so sorry to cut into your. No, thing. you're fine. Go ahead. I'll say the first thing I'll say about that scene is um, there's this there's this sense that that movie captures that no other horror movie that I could think of it really does. It, it's like when the circus leaves town, it, when he comes when he drives home. That's the scene that's not in the other horror movies really. Like in 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 like and he's high and and paranoid. it's and it's like wait he's just driving home he, he's just leaving this is this is the worst thing that could like right it's it's, it's not drama it's it's not like shock it is but it you know it what I, I it's hard to describe but it's it's a sense of real it's a sense of the real it, lingering terror that happens when tragedy doesn't cut to the next scene that is mm-hmm. one of the hardest right. things to face yeah. in any movie i've ever had to deal with yeah um and then the second thing i'll say is it was really fun when I sent it to my mom to watch. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh man! Oh man! <laughs> um, so please continue, though. No, no, yeah. I mean, I've, I always, I'm, I'm at that same point. If I, <clears throat> and obviously we have a podcast because we like doing this. If I see a movie that I love, I immediately go for you have to see this. Like I'll do it with Omar and I'm like, Omar, we should maybe review this, watch this movie, tell me what you think. Or, um, you know, I'll tell other people about it. So this is kind of what sprang into this, you know, because if you see a movie, you're like, oh, you have to see this, like Rebecca or, you know, um, um, what's the movie that we saw recently that we just reviewed, um, Peeping Tom, which Mm. is another great 
uh, movie from the 60s, 1960. It was released like a couple of months before Psycho. Psycho. And a lot of people attribute this to being the kind of the progenitor of the modern slasher film. Mike um, has a band called Peeping Tom, by the way. Speaking oh, of yeah? Okay. Uh, it's right. probably, and it's got that, uh, it has like an Italian horror style. I don't know if it's Italian. Anyways. No, it was a British. It was a British horror movie, but it has an aesthetic of you know the foreign of a foreign film aesthetic. But it's it's excellent. It's one I would definitely recommend to you guys. Um, but anyway, this movie has you right from the beginning with the sense of despair. All of the family members are in this house together. They don't communicate well, and that's part of the problem. You can you kind of develop a sense of um, this woman is is living in this meticulous lifestyle that she's creating right she creates this microcosm of livability where it's a perfect snapshot of of how a person should be living right but that's not real that's not the real world and her real world is slowly crumbling relationships with her her son the relationship with her husband the non-existent relationship with her mother all of these put you in the mindset of um, when when shit is starting starting to crumble, when she sees her dead daughter, and and then her son starts to go through these changes himself, um, it was just one slow descent into this madness. And then when she's at near the end, and they're in the they're in the living room, and she throws the book into the fire or whatever, and then her husband goes up in flames. You're like, holy shit, like you were not expecting. I think at that point, just after that scene where you're in the living room and you see her crawling on the ceiling, it gives me chills up my up and down my, my spine. I just that scene where you see her crawling on the ceiling and you're like, oh shit, this is just, this goes beyond what I was expecting, you know? Like, you know, there's something supernatural that's going to occur. It's building up to it. But when, th- when that really happens and then the ritual begins in the attic, God, God damn it. It just, it's perfectly it. chilling. I'm so excited. I will. It's so it. chilling. It's such a great film. I, I like this movie more than I like Midsommar. I, I, I just, yeah, well, yeah, it's, no. it's, I think I think it's it's fair to um, to love the. I don't want to just be like the mediator. I think that they both are excellent movies, and I bet you it really comes down to your um, personal preferences. Personal preferences based off of your experiences. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I fall on the side of Hereditary too. I think that that one um, in particular has just this um, insanity uh, built into it. And the thing that was so cool is like, it has that family, like you said, like that, that, the, the, the falling apart of the family. And then like, there's the scene where she's in like the parking lot, there's the mall and like, yeah. And, like, stereotypical old friend that you haven't seen in a few years shows up yeah, and like tells yeah, you like yeah. some like completely whacked out shit. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> to like, Usually it's to join a pyramid scheme or to do something like that. But in this case, <laughs> it's like the supernatural element. This is the ultimate pyramid scheme. It's like, hey, yeah. get on on the ground level, <laughs> powers and riches in the afterlife. Oh, well, I wish it was worship payment. The don't, to be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah. So, so that so that as soon as that scene happens, I was just like, oh shit, act two, get the yeah. And you go. know the actress who plays that old lady, the friend of her mother, like you don't know that 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 she was in the cult, right? But that lady is from um, what is she? She plays in 
Handmaid's Tale. Oh, really? And she plays one of the the um I forget what she's like a like a matron or like a, she she trains the handmaids. Uh, um, and you just fucking hate her so much. Like I just love hating that lady. You know, I just it's the best. That but that's how good she is. So when I saw that she was in this role, I was like, oh man, this is gonna be so juicy. And then it is, you know, like you, at the end, by the end of this movie, you're just completely enamored with what's going to happen. And anytime you get, you bring in like demonology or Satanism into it, that's a big deal. I mean, even, exactly. It's like perfect. All right. There's more like ritualistic or, 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 you know, evil setting. You can't get anything more evil than, you know, the re bringing about, um, a physical manifestation of an of an evil being right? this demon payment um and I, now that i'm thinking about it so hereditary rosemary's baby the witch the exorcist we got a trend here yeah, right i mean some of the greatest that. evils that we got are we were going to preface the whole thing with the exorcist yeah classic examples of, yeah of it sort of set i don't want to say it set the standard but it, I really do think it did. And, you know, and speaking of, I know we we're going to go back to it, but um, uh, just to back away from Hereditary real fast, you, The Exorcist, if you guys get a chance on Shudder, um, they uh, did an interview with William Friedkin, who obviously is the director of The Exorcist, and he spends an hour and 50 minutes talking about directing the exorcist and how you know he got into it how he was given the script and he was friends with william peter blatty and how they got together to do the film and all credit it, to blatty anything that's I, I, as far i'm sorry i think that he did the the director did such an amazing job bringing that to life but mm -hmm. the, not, there was nothing really scary in that movie that did not show up in that book too like it's it's we read that, that whole book, book is out loud. one of the best <laughs> it is amazing the best we book. It's book it's together. it's a Reddit scary app. book. It's so well written. It's tight, um, and yeah. and they did a great job of bringing that book to life. I think it's almost it's not quite a shot for shot, but he did a great job bringing it to life. It's it oh, really yeah. sticks to the uh, the the spiritual um, the spiritual need of that of where that book was coming from. I think they talk about the loss of faith. And even just he talks about, you know, Father Karras, how the whole movie, that demon was there to really to put Father Karras at that point, because he's the only one that has this crisis of faith. Right. And so it's it was such an interesting take on the whole thing, because, you know, Karras is the one even at the end commits suicide, says, come into me, take me. And yeah. then he and then for a moment there you see Karis's face and then he throws himself out the window so he makes that conscious decision to commit suicide so mm -hmm. he's willing to throw away his immortal soul to save this young girl and if that's not an act of selflessness then what is and so it's a conundrum because he's willing he's willing to throw away you know, if you're religious, then you, he's willing yeah, to throw exactly. away, you know, salvation, you know, the, you know, the divine grace of God, because he's going to commit suicide to save this young girl. But at the end, after he throws himself down those stairs, that priest is there and gives him absolution. So I like to think that Father Karras, maybe he really does 
you know, he gets those the sins washed away and, and Father Karras lives, you know, lives on. Um, but it was a very powerful film. When I was a kid, I saw it, I was like, oh, this isn't scary, you know what I mean? But as you watch it later on, you go into this thinking of, uh, I'm not a religious person. I, I, I don't subscribe to any, any religion. I, I'm more of like an atheist. So, but that's just my personal thing. I mean, I just feel like if I don't know, I'm not willing to say that I do, you know what I mean? And so that's where I come from. If I, I just need a logical sense of, of what, what seems real for me, you know? Um, I, you put I, I, saw that, I saw that movie at 13. Yeah. And it scared the living hell out. I had I had trouble going to sleep because of The Exorcist. Yeah, man. for like a week, I was like, "Oh my god!" It scared the living hell out of me, and that's why it's it's one of my top two, man. It's a damn it's, good it's movie. Actually, I have it up there with you know the the. It's my, I have two number ones and The Exorcist is one of them. Yeah, that movie scared the hell out of me, man. Yeah. <laughs> No, it, so. Nothing has quite scared me like The Exorcist. I don't think um, it, it was up there. I remember it from childhood being exactly. I was. I might have been even a little younger, and I remember expressing to my dad, probably around ten or eleven, that I love horror movies. All right, The Exorcist. Mm. What's that? I did not sleep alone. I think for a year at least. Like I was just searching demon possession every night. Yeah. And awesome. I, I love the opening, like um, something that I'm working on now. It deals with like ancient, ancient, uh, you know, Mesopotamian Babylonian mythology, and the opening scene of the Pazuzu demon, yeah. you know, just standing there, this ancient thing. It, um, like, it's funny. Historically, it's actually a protector demon. It's supposed to uh, fight against another demon called the Lamashtu, but. It um it just looked so because it was so ancient, so alien, and you had to see it, and you had these dogs fighting and in, in you know, was in, in Iraq and and they're fighting against each other. You know that something evil has been unleashed and it's and it's ancient. And that just really it, I just really loved that visual. It was so awesome. Yeah. You know, you gotta so admit that that's Maybe it's because they weren't aware of how easy it is to screw that up, that mm -hmm. tension in that scene. So they just did it authentically well. But I've seen that done countless awful <laughs> times where it's like, this thing is evil. I right, right. And <laughs> yes, they did it in such a subtle way, such a smart way, you know, where... You're yeah. still not sure what's going on, but you see the effect of the evil, how you have these wild dogs fighting right. each other. It doesn't, it didn't have to be explained, you know, it wasn't presented on a silver platter. You, you, you figured it out just visually, you know, and, and that was just awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then it culminates, of course, in this scene, right? With Ray, oh, yeah, with right Ray and, and then you see the. Yep. Yes. Yes. That's sort of like, in case you missed it. Um, <laughs> super super cool yeah honestly we got the soundtrack not it wasn't like man we need this music it was like yeah. you, you got this one for me didn't you yeah well tubular I, I, bells yeah tubular. Yeah. Two tubular bells it's like instantly you know it's the sound it's the right. they, they the two are are inextricable inextricably linked yeah. but everything else on here is very like atonal experimental creepy he talks about that too because he he interviewed bernard herman 
he was going to get Bernard Herman to do this. And he got someone, uh, other people names that he dropped. And uh, Friedkin was just like, you know, Bernard Herman told me he wanted to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and he's like, uh, he was like, what the fuck? He's like, all right, well, it's, it was a pleasure meeting a, a very interesting person. Thanks for, you know, you know, meeting with me. And he, and he left and he's like, what the fuck is this Bernard Herman? Is he kidding me? Like he was off put, you know, um, be, because of the suggestions that Bernard Herman was making towards the soundtrack. It was anathema to the, the thought process of where Friedkin was at, at the making of this. And it was, it's an interesting take how he went with, he heard tubular bells and he was just listening to other cues, music cues as temp tracks that eventually he said, fuck it, we're just going to do it th this way. And, and he put the soundtrack together in the way that they, in the way that they did, because he had heard, tubular bells and he was like i don't need um to have something created for this soundtrack this is what i need is like he, he knew it as soon as he heard it that's super that's cool awesome. and that's that is the case some other fantastic movies too like some similar stories uh, mm -hmm. it's like they just come together like the perfect storm it's like they had stacy keach was going to play the father Karras role and the guy who the actor who was wanted to play father Karras was like you know Friedkin, you know, I need to come in here. He's like, I've already cast this role. He's like, okay, that's great. He's like, but you don't understand. This is me. I'm this guy. He's like, I need to, I need to do this. He's like, I, he's like, look, I have the role cast already. What, what don't you understand? I'll tell you what, if you pay for the airfare and you come in here, we'll do a scene and I'll record it for you. So this way you have something to look at in 10 years. You know, you can, you know, you can check out the scene. Uh, he's like, but I've already cast this part. He's like, it's already going to, to someone else. The guy came in and crushed the role of Father Karras to the point where he called up the studio and said, hey, listen, Stacy Keach is out. I got another guy. And they gave the role to him because he was just, he embodied the role of Father Karras, which I just love stories like that, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's just, you, it's just like the perfect storm comes together and, and they just made, you know, they made a movie that was deserving of an Academy Award. I mean, it really was incredible. Oh yeah, amazing. I mean, and and um, based off of what we're saying, like, it's it's the it's the one of the greatest examples of this what we're talking about today. You know, it's yeah. it's it truly is because I was I was thinking of other uh, like sort of exorcism movies like The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I thought had a really mm -hmm. nice intention but I'm like let's just bring it all back to the exorcist because i think they just stole the same sort of template <laughs> yeah no absolutely and i thought the same thing too because you know you think about these types of movies and like we said earlier the slow burn has to embody the fact that it's developing something it's not a slow burn because they have they were fuddling around with the the plot it's a slow burn because it is they're building something this is this is um, a creation that it's going to be greater than the sum of its parts, you know. So by the time it comes to a head, um, you're a hundred percent bought into, you know, whatever is about to happen to these protagonists, whatever is is you know the, has been laid the, the groundwork that's been laid before. You can't escape it. It's it's in your DNA at this point. And that's what I mean. Like an hour and change goes by and you're, you're seeing her getting cat scans and everything else. And it's like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? It's like a science, it's like a science procedural. And yeah. then, the you know, it's something bad. Yeah. 
And then when that one doctor's like, so uh, are you a religious person? What do you think of uh, exorcism? And it's like (laughs) the doctor, these scientists, all of these, all of the science that comes together and, and the doctor says, so it's kind of just this glib offhanded. And then suddenly, you know, it's like an hour and change into this movie. And, you know, just from that one simple line. So what do you think about, you know, have you heard of exorcisms? You know, it's like, holy shit. Now it's about to hit the fan. So that's, yeah, it's, it's perfect. That's it's definitely the- worth the wait. <laughs> yep. So what's your, what's your next one? I mean, we could sit here forever. Talk to me. What's, what's your next one? I think we're at number four or five. Okay, well then, it, our last one's hereditary, and the one thing I will say about it that we didn't say, we, we said a lot, but we didn't say just how phenomenal the soundtrack to Hereditary is. Yes. Um, and and it's the thing that if I had to, like, Omar, if I had to pin it up against Midsummer it, as a music lover, it's, it's the reason why it wins out. I, I just think Colin Stetson brought to this film a soundtrack that is one of the, I'll say it, it's one of the best horror soundtracks of all time in terms of its innovation, creativity, original. He, he, is, he plays a baritone saxophone primarily, and he can create these ridiculous soundscapes. Like capturing sort of anxieties that, that no other can. <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's absolutely. Full-bodied instrument that within it there's a depth of emotion. So even within that anxiety, you will hear fear, you will hear love, you will hear torment. It's such a cool new instrument, and I'm, I know it's not like new for like I know that's been used in lots of horror films, but the way it's used in this one to ca- to capture that is so uh, so so phenomenal. And I I think Colin Stetson's an amazing uh, musician and. I just think that it, this one was so perfect and it was so well done. And I'm so glad they chose him to do it. Um, Absolutely. One, uh, um, a non-horror soundtrack. I don't know if you ever, uh, if any of you guys ever heard the uh, Last Temptation of Christ soundtrack. No. I haven't listened to it. No. Uh, if you ever get the chance, it is outstanding. It does, it actually, they do use a certain uh, world music, but uh, they, they um, add a lot of, uh, you know, synthesized sounds. It's uh, Peter Gabriel. Oh, I strongly, okay. strongly, strongly recommend it. It's not horror, but it does have, you know, certain darkness uh, to it. Uh, it's an outstanding soundtrack. That actually uh, influenced, um, I forgot which member of Tool, like uh, it, 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 you know, had a real strong influence on on his uh, development as a musician. But yeah, it's a it's a great great soundtrack. That's one I can listen to over and over and over again. Really, really good. Yeah, if you ever get the chance. Thank you very much. Awesome. Sure. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that soundtrack. It's it's one that I play. You know, I'm just hanging out if I'm reading or I just want something ambient in the background that I want that. I put on I go to that frequently because it is um it's engaging and it's creepy and there's uh, an unsettled um like a manic feeling to it at times too um and I think that's just because it's trying to play with the emotions of the main character yeah okay you know I mean I don't know that's the vibe I get off of it because she's so scattered you know she is um just um but in her own way she's also coming from like a pace place of love but also hate and it's so complex that's why it's a perfect instrument yeah 
we talk about music that um, replicates <clears throat> a monster, this mm-hmm. is an example of that. And if you ever see Colin Stetson playing the baritone saxophone, that instrument, that instrument's a workout just to yeah. Like, I'd recommend intense. seeing some live footage of him because it's you need to pour yourself into that instrument to, to even produce the sound. So when you hear that, re, like that 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 or that organic real sound, it's it's real. Yeah. You know? So I, mean, I always loved um, that sound, and that's a thing. <clears throat> Horror soundtracks are so more so, I think, than any other genre really play on the emotions of the listener and the and the viewer and so whenever a, a lot Definitely. of these movies um are are just completely connected to the music to the point where i need to have the soundtrack or i want to have it just so to put myself into that emotion so george romero's day of the dead it's not really necessarily one of the one of his greatest movies. And then when you when people talk about it, obviously, Night of the Living Dead, they talk about Dawn of the Dead. The Dawn of the Dead soundtrack sucks to to some to some some aspects of it because he uses um, you know a library of sounds. So it's not it's not just composed. You know, some of it is just an open library of music that he used because it was in the mall. But when I hear those cues or like the gonk song, I'm I'm immediately in the mall fighting zombies. And so, you know, I have these this emotional connection. It's like if I listen to the Day of the Dead soundtrack and I listen to it a lot, there's a lot of subtle and ambience to it because they're in those caves. Like you hear the moaning and stuff like that. I always just um I love the fact that that a, a song, even if it's a you know a thirty-five second music cue, it could immediately put me into a sense of dread. Yeah. And and I just I just love being scared. You know, even when I was a kid, I it terrified me. But it, it but the thought process, like you had earlier, like oh shit, I wasn't expecting this. This creeped me out. I had to stop watching it. I long for that sense of fear. Yeah. And I, you know what I mean? Like, I really want, I want a movie to scare me. I go into it hoping that I'm going to get that moment of fear again, even if it's like one split second. Um, But I I think a good movie will, will, will give you that. And it stays with you long after it's gone. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I think a a lot. Absolutely, man. Anyone in a record label's listening that what what you can get from that is don't uh if you're going to press a soundtrack please put in the mo- aud- any auditory scary motifs please try your best to include that too because yeah. it's shame when they're when they're missing and there's like such important auditory moments that's fair and and either at the start of it when a song starts or at the end or i'm so it's 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 a bit disappointing it's like you know you know what i you know what i'm you know what i'm saying Lenny? yeah like, there's shame. little cues in in the in the movie, and I like hearing that in the soundtracks. And it's a shame when that's not part of whatever like the master of the the, the track was that was used for the soundtrack, and that was yeah. like post or whatever. But I hate it when it's not included because it's like so integral. Totally, totally. absolutely. I couldn't like, agree more. That that scene or that part that mm-hmm. is scary. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, Omar, talk to us. You might as well just go give us your next two that you got. Just just lay it on us, Omar. All right. So um, for my number four, I had uh, number four. All right. Let's say number two. 
I had, yeah, because my numbers are all over the place, man. Uh, you is know, it number four? Is it number yeah, two? I'm, my whole life is all over the place. <laughs> but uh, um, I have the the oldest one, actually, that uh, is on my list is uh, The Haunting from 1963. Oh, wow. Uh, that's a Robert Wise film. Excellent, excellent. Um, they redid it on that, as that show. Uh, actually, they did it in um, a movie in the 90s that was awful. And then they had the remake uh, for Netflix, The Haunting. On um, yes, like The Haunting of Hill House. Yes, uh, actually, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, it is The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. So uh-huh. that was I, I mixed it up with the The Haunting, but um, old. No, but the Haunting movie. was the one in the '90s. They, they that was the haunt. That one was called The Haunting. I think there was were Liam two... Neeson in The Haunting. Liam Neeson was in The Haunting of Hill House, right? I don't know. Yeah, oh, we're gonna up find the out two right movies now. now. Come on, Omar. Yeah, no. Did we watch Terrible. But both, both the the '90s versions of the Haunting and the Haunting of Hill House were awful. But the original, <laughs> yeah, yeah I agree. the original, the Robert Wise one was excellent. Okay, um, so yeah, the, the Haunting right, right. in 1999, wow. Catherine Zeta Jones, Owen Horrible. Wilson. That's like what? That's like her favorite horror. Thing. It's the Shirley Jackson one. You don't even know. I have been trying. I didn't even know this existed. I read the book and I love the book and I have yeah. not seen a good movie. So I'm probably just going to go watch that now. Thank you. All right. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was excellent. It was really, really yes. good. That, yeah, that was a Robert Wise movie. Who's mm-hmm. uh, actually an excellent director. Yeah. Um, good book. The, the, the one, I, I mean, I think there's one scene that everyone kind of, you know, anyone who's seen the movie remembers of, um, well, I don't want to give it away since you haven't seen it, but it's, it's just done watch really that. well. Probably gonna watch after this. Yeah, no spoilers. Yeah, it's great. No spoilers. It's really good. I strongly recommend it. Um, but yeah, so that's my. I yeah, my number numbers two? are all over because the, because of the one, uh, fact that some of you guys already named some of them, like the the Exorcist I had up there. Yeah, and then the other one that I have up there is The Shining. Um, those are my two top favorite horror movies of all time. Okay. Shining. That's an awesome one. Yeah. Super slow at the beginning, but it's just outstanding. Oh, yeah. It was almost, yeah, but the slowness was, you know, Stephen King's not exactly, at his best, he's not the fastest in terms of like. Well, he didn't like it. He didn't like that version. Yeah, yeah. And Kubrick knew it. Yeah. Kubrick was such a little jerk. He had the scene because in the book, I don't know if people in there's I might get this not exactly 100 percent right. But in the in the book, uh, the the family driving up to the house are driving like a, a red car or something. Right. The family's driving up. And in yeah. Kubrick's film, as the family's coming up, they're actually driving a blue car and they see a red car overturned on the side of the road. Yeah. Like so that was Kubrick. Yeah. He, it was a dig like, to Stephen like King. Stephen King, this is my movie now, bitch. Yeah. Did you see the documentary Room 237? No. no. I heard about it, but I heard some of this stuff is like, you know, the claim. You have to like watch it. It's very interesting. And they talk about right. conspiracies yeah. with this film because there's a well, conspiracy. Am I, am I not talking the truth right now? That was just what I heard. No, 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 no. You're fine. That, that's actually legitimate. But they were talking about conspiracies of, you know, what Kubrick was doing. And and all of the different um, elements that went into the making of this movie, and you know some of this, the, 
the uh, subtext, um, you know, about like, uh, you know, Indian burial grounds and all this other stuff. It was a very interesting, you know, some of it you have to take with a grain of salt, like, um, like the moon, the, the moon landing was fixed and Kubrick uh, did 2001 the way he did it because he was trying to do a test um, to see what the moon landing would look like if he could fake a moon landing because he was the greatest cinematographer and director of his day and right. he was right smack dab in the middle of his you know his powers um, in the late 60s so it was like perfect but they show you like Danny's wearing an Apollo 11 rocket right. on his sweater and oh. the camera rises as Danny stands up it looks like the rocket is taking off there's all kinds of weird twists in this movie. Um, and th this whole movie is like a two hour documentary about the subtext of The Shining. Cool. It's pretty, cool. pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah. Cool. that's one of those movies that you could probably have multiple two hour documentaries on the subtext of it. Oh my God, oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely. But and, that, and, yeah, that's, that's a great movie, Omar. It is, uh, it's definitely like, like I said, um, one of the scariest for me, you know, I mean, that was, a, that was a movie that really scared the hell out of me as a kid, you know, it's, just done so well. I remember mm. my Nana was very open. She introduced me to legend first. So she kind of got me <gasps> oh. introduced to the, that sort of world. Great and then movie. right into the shining. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. There was like, there was no line. It was just like, yeah. we're going to watch legend. Now you're going to watch the shining. We're good with this. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. She's awesome. <laughs> That's great. I saw a really cool, you know, uh, it was on one of those like horror behind the scenes Instagram pages, but there's one of like Jack Nicholson working himself up for. Yes. Oh, yeah, I love yes. that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see and that. he's like, oh, yeah. Into crazy mode. I it's see so. That. Oh, you see him? He's yeah. like, he's like, <sighs> like he's trying yeah. to get himself all worked up. He's got the axe and everything. I was like, oh my God. I mean, like. Awesome. And then they say that uh, Shelley Duvall really lost her mind and it had something to do with because yes. Kubrick was Kubrick was a genius, but he was also a bastard. And wow. he um, specifically told the crew not to talk to her, not to to, to try yeah. to get a certain to draw an emotion from her. And it had an like if you see her now, she's. Like she looks like a mess. Yeah, She's, like after that yeah, movie, and they yeah. were even talking about when they were filming that he would make her do the scene over and over, yeah. like 60 takes to get her yeah. into this mindset of like just being frazzled. But he also did it with yeah. with uh, with Tom Cruise with uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, he yeah. Did. Cooper, yeah, he was Cooper a was a real fucking piece of shit when it came to that. Like, he genius, really was a degenerate. He was, a he was terrible, but he was amazing. I mean, yeah. just the guy yeah. was incredible. Um, you know, I'll probably I'll probably talk about this. Um, this is probably one of my favorite experiences. But we watched. Um, and I don't know why I'm going to say this, but we did shrooms one night and we watched um, a clockwork orange. Oh, dear. Uh, but yeah, we turned the soundtrack off and we listened to Merciful Fate. <laughs> we played Merciful Fate all, you know, to the entire movie. So the movie had no volume except for the Merciful Fate music and we just had random merciful fate music playing over and we just watched the movie with with the music wow 
It was crazy, weird, and intense. And we were obviously everyone was drinking beer, and we were uh, eating mushrooms. Shrooms. That's wow. Amazing. I'm pretty. It, it sure. was incredible. That's and so, amazing. the next thing, like we're always like Friday night freakouts, as my my buddy Kevin says it. It's Friday night freakouts. We got to get together. So like the next thing we was like we got to figure out what the next mashup is going to be. So it's got to be something really freaking weird and twisted. So that's what we're kind of we're trying to figure out next. But Kubrick had a big role in in playing to our you know the the weirdness going on at that at that time. Well, I'll say one That's thing so more cool. than about uh, this is weirdly uncanny. Yeah, this is the artist Aesop Rock, and this is a yeah. this is a hip hop artist. I'm very interested. Really, really in good. He's got a He's known that like yeah, he's a he's okay. a, he's, a vocab, uh, he's got a vocabulary that's like renowned to be more extensive than Shakespeare by the, by the amount of uh, words that he chooses to work, use in his. And it's very very dense, very cool, very poetic. But there's very uh, dorky hip hop. Well, really. Oh, but good, good. Yeah, no, no, he is, he is kind of, kind of, uh, kind of a, like a hip hop nerd kind of guy, but, but in a really good way. Yeah. Well, I think he's cool. And then, and this one, <laughs> and this one in particular, uh, there's a whole vid, there's a full stream of this album over like a revisualization of Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Oh, shit. oh. Like, okay. Like one time I, um, I was, uh, not sober uh, <laughs> for, <laughs> wasn't mushrooms but it was uh i smoked some grass it was some grass and canadian yeah and uh, i love canadian. grass i know i love that but um at the time it wasn't but i was uh, i True. listened to this and you weren't uh, canadian i was no i know the, the pot wasn't the pot was illegal i was a badass and, uh, oh all right gotcha so anyways, i listened to this uh this video and i watched this video and the combination of like this revisualization of the of the film with the music and i just got locked in it was awesome so i'd yeah. also recommend aesop rock and looking at that 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 shining their their, their interpretation of the shining it's a great time oh all right awesome i'm awesome. gonna have to check that I out nominating lenny to be babysitter if dylan and i ever do mushrooms <laughs> you got it because i can take I've, care of kids and i can decide to not be high so I'm good. i've only i've only microdosed <laughs> probably have the and the, but omar's got to be there to have the presence of mind be like have you had suffered any traumatic experiences so lately? listen here's the deal when covid ends we're getting on a plane and we're going to come out to you guys we're going to go out for dinner and drinks and, and hang out and have a great time yes definitely definitely that would be awesome so, and people are like yeah shut up get to the next get to the next movie <laughs> all right so i'm gonna bring this out all right and um bring it. it's it's so innocuous it's tough to see any idea what this is i can't tell Looks it's like tough you. right so this comes in a sleeve Ooh. this is this is like a body bag right this is the autopsy of jane doe oh. have you ever seen this movie yeah You've seen it, Omar. Yeah, I have. So the autopsy. This this is actually the the record, and you, it's you you do the autopsy, and the record's awesome. in here. That's really awesome. <laughs> that is crazy. Oh my god. So you, it kind of just gives you an idea. It's like a triple gatefold. It's only a single album, but it's triple gatefold because. And then what's cool is when you open this up, it's like a pinkish looking, um, record. Oh my and, gosh. And it's um. The label is a, is like this heart. 
Ah. And so it kind of looks like you're you're opening up the body. Anyway, so I'll talk about this movie. Brian Cox is probably one of my favorite um, actors who doesn't get enough love. He um, anything he does, I'm just all in on him on his role because he's just so interesting. So he plays, um, you know, that they're I guess a funeral director. They're doing this autopsy or you know, whatever, and then they're gonna you know do the embalming and everything else. Um, and it's a slow reveal through time across this movie, and maybe an hour and forty minutes or whatever the heck it is. But she's also at the end. Did you guys see this movie? They didn't. Okay, so I'm not going to say what this is then. I'm not going to spoil anything. <clears throat> this is a very slow burn of a movie. It is a very creepy movie. Atmospheric as hell. It's got a real sense of dread about it. It takes place basically in one room throughout the entire film. And that's in this funeral home. And there's a tension between the father and the son. He doesn't want to take over the family business, but he feels the sense of obligation. Um, the father wants him to take over the business and feels like his son isn't really taking it seriously. So there's this subtext going on between the father and son as they're working together. And then they're, they're slowly revealed who this woman is over time. But these strange, odd things that take place bumps in the night in the darkened rooms um it was if they played it really well it's not perfect the ending of this film i felt a little bit of um i don't know like i felt like i i want yeah yeah i like i felt like they almost dropped the ball they didn't but it was it it was almost like it was maybe on a scale on a, a on an out of five i would give it a four and a half you know what i mean it's like it wasn't that bad but um, I really enjoyed the movie and they did everything right in terms of the atmosphere and the creepiness and the setting. Remember I told you earlier, the setting is everything. Well, they did, they did this setting right. And the, the um, Jane Doe, um, I just, I like the conceit of this, of this film, how it's developed over time. Um, it, it definitely lends itself to the subject matter at hand being a slow burn. Um I don't want to, I'm trying not to give anything away because I want you guys to see this. So check it out, see it, and then let me know what you think. Fairly new movie. Uh, didn't it come out? Yeah, like it a came year out or two maybe three ago? years ago yeah, or something years? like that. Okay. Two years yeah. ago. So fairly new film. But Brian yeah. Cox is in it. He plays the dad. And uh, like I said, there's nothing that he, whenever he's in a movie, I always like to see it. He even, I think he was Agamemnon in Troy. Yes, in which Troy. Which is another right, movie that right. people are like, oh, they love to hate on it. But Troy was a fun movie that I enjoyed. I think it was good. But Brian Cox is in it. He plays Agamemnon and he's just awesome. The guy's got a great voice, tons he of does. gravitas. Yeah, like, whatever absolutely. he's doing, he's like he's dragging you along with him. Like you can't not be intrigued. He's just got that kind of personality. Yeah, awesome. I feel I feel that. Well, wow. If this if this doesn't give your viewers uh, a, a a multitude of new things to check out, I don't know what will. This I I took from, I have a multitude like, like of us alone to check like, out. Really, yeah. <laughs> a handful of new uh, movies and uh, I, I was just I feel so privileged I feel so so privileged to have been part of this discussion I just feel like this was uh, so exciting Same this here. Very good for us um, yeah never ever done anything like this before um, so this is really fun just for a little hobby that we've developed over the years it's so yeah. cool yeah yeah 
thanks. Thank you. No, so I'm glad you guys thanks made this coming. because yeah. yeah, Omar and I have been talking about this for a long time. We started a podcast years ago and we never really did anything. We recorded a couple of episodes and, you know, we um, kind of bemoaned the fact that we didn't do anything with it, you know? And then every time you guys would do a live video, I'm like, oh man, I really, we should get back into doing the podcast. And then over the summer, Omar and I started doing that. And I was like, we have to really think about getting interesting people because I'll, I have diarrhea of the mouth when it comes to, you know, talking about stuff that I love. People are like, just shut up already. You're talking over Omar. Let him get some time in. <laughs> um, so, you know, that type of thing. I'm like, I try. And Anita, my girlfriend, the, the last interview you and I did, she was like, you know, when you went to go get that American Werewolf in London video, you came back. She said, uh, Dylan was talking and you you just came back and you just started talking about the movie and you completely cut what? him off. <laughs> that up for me yeah uh, i'm just kidding it did not at all i feel i feel like i talked no I, man not at all it's a byproduct of being passionate absolutely i think so too and i was like oh man i didn't even realize it because when i came back i was just like you have to get this uh, you know arrow home video release this and so she was like yeah but you just completely blew him off like he was in the middle of talking and i was like oh shit i didn't see that so i have the tendency to be very um verbose and all this other stuff so i'm like this kind of lends itself to this these types of discussions because we are passionate about not just movies and music and um, and not just soundtracks, but there's so much you guys offer, like your your perspective on the things that you have when you share your 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 home or share that that you're doing stuff with your son King and everything, you know. So these little things that you guys do really engenders. Um, people to your page. It's kind of like why I wanted to be friends with you guys because you have similar interests and you just seem like just genuine, just genuine people who are really cool. And, you know, I guess my hunch was correct because, you know, you guys are great and willing to do this type of stuff. It's, um, it's really cool. So we appreciate the hell out of you guys coming on. We're more than it was willing. fun. Thank you very much. And, and more than willing. It's, it's more of a, you have to realize that we talk horror stuff a lot, but it's in such a vacuum of just our own personal experiences. It's just not so, bouncing so ideas. So a lot of things that we're saying to you guys, we're saying that without having like much more experienced horror movie watchers, like yeah, like yeah. you could probably just be like, what the, where are these guys coming from? <laughs> it's because no one's like necessarily criticized us beyond our very personalized subjective opinions. Yeah. So, so That's you're true. getting the straight goods from someone who I guess we're we're not we're not trying to be competitive. We're not trying to we're not we're just telling you we're just being very based honest. off of people that yeah. indulge in it quite often. This is where we stand. Um, yeah it's you know so I, I no that's perfect i mean that's why i love um that's why i love doing what we did we did the two interviews on instagram you know igtv and it was so much fun and then like i said when we started the podcast back in um july omar and i were like well what are we going to do we to keep it interesting too like people aren't going to just want to listen to me spout off what I think about the thing 500 times. You know what I mean? Like what, but this is the kind of stuff we were really looking forward to engaging with people who, um, you know, can articulate and can, you know, talk about why they like something. It's, it's, you could say, Oh yeah, that movie was awesome. But why, why does this movie hold something personal for you? You know, why, why is legend so important? You know, besides the fact that Tim Curry is freaking awesome. But when you see something, when you're a kid, just don't, he's, he's just a legend. 
but um you know i mean so yeah i mean it's really cool when when you know you can get like-minded people to come together and talk about these types of things and you put yourself in a position of being an expert because if i'm going to talk about something i know what i'm talking about and uh i don't know at all and that's the other aspect of this when you're talking to people they put you in that perspective of i've seen this movie five times ten times whatever it is and and you know rebecca is one that you should never this should be in your vocabulary you know what i mean and when i hear you say something like that i value your opinion on music so much already and now horror movies too so i'm like okay these are the movies that i want to um get under my skin you know what i mean because there's so many um films like you you get engaged with over time you just, maybe you it's something you uh watched as a child or or as a kid like the exorcist when you were 13 and it stays with you it's like why someone asked me you know i see you take pictures of your records and everything what's up with blackula and i was like well and then i i would tell you know my my blackula story and why it so fits predominantly it's not my favorite horror movie but it's like one of the first and oh, so that your blackula by the way yeah what's yours Oh yeah, my! What's, what's your oh, gateway drug? Wow, yeah. that's a. I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, all right. So I I saw Exorcist when I was 13, and it was old at the time. Um, but that that one that scared the hell out of me. But I was when I was younger, younger. I was more into like the Godzillas, King Kongs, you know, the giant monsters. So oh, that, oh yeah, the old, uh, you know, Toho films, you know, Gamera, all that stuff. Yeah. I used to love that stuff when I was a kid. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know. It's hard to pinpoint on one thing, but you Wait, know. Or like what Godzilla? Oh no no the old sixties Godzilla, yeah. yeah like because they used to play them on um on like it was like a public access channel and they'd play these old movies they'd put like nine Godzilla movies what you know on one a after Saturday the other. Yeah. And, hell yeah like on Channel Nine that's right w, Channel Nine uh, locally W O R yeah W O R T V was a local yeah. channel in New Jersey and New York so if you watch yeah. on Channel Nine it was like. There was no original programming. Their programming was like he said, right. it was a monster movies, sci-fi. It was anything that they would put on Channel Nine. Um, oh, and, oh my, yeah. Have you seen that uh, YouTube video that is like the evolution of the appearance of Godzilla over? I've seen a yeah. couple of them. I've seen yeah, a couple of them. And it's yeah. literally like it's the uh, it's the actual. It goes into like beautifully nerdy detail about all of the subtle aesthetic yeah. changes in Godzilla's right. appearance from each yes movie. it's so cool to yeah. watch it's so entertaining I've, I I it's funny because I so, like the movies are super campy I mean they're just ridiculous but they're just so much fun you know and I just sit you know I, I sit and watch them and I took, you know, had some clips uh, that I picked up on YouTube and I showed them to my nephew and they were just so outrageous. Like, you know, Godzilla's flying backwards using the fire like a rocket. And it was just so <laughs> I love campy that. and I cheesy. Love but, you know, I love that stuff. It was just ridiculous. You know, it's like so bad, it's good. And, yeah. and that's another thing because I love movies like that. You know, Plan 9, you know, all that uh, stuff that's like really awful but just so much fun to watch you know 
some like sleep like some really campy horror movies for that where they're like they're not good but they're just they're still fun, fun. yeah mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely there's one that I, I didn't get to see that came out in the uh, maybe the 90s it's called uh birdocalypse i think or something like that and it was super super low budget and and it's supposed to be like the birds and what is it on the like, sci-fi channel I, I think so. It was just released. They had released it in the 90s at the at around the same time that Room came out, The Room, which right. was also really bad, but so great. Yeah. Um, but that that's one that I still haven't seen that I've got to see. I've, I've seen the special effects and they're not so special. They're like, <laughs> awful. This movie is like on a $10 budget, man. But, you know, I just love that stuff. It's great. It's just so much fun. Yeah, I remember what I remember watching Frogs in like grade two. Oh my god, I love that movie too. I thought it was the scariest story I've ever seen. Doesn't hold up as well. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It little. doesn't, but it's still fun. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe that should be our next list that we do. It's like the top ten so bad it's good movies, oh, you know, awesome. or top five or whatever. Yeah. So so we're gonna hold we're gonna hold that. We'll put a pin in that and we'll get you guys to come back and we'll do another one and we'll uh you know do another so bad it's good. Well, then absolutely now, now and then i'm going to try to get the wax made pressing of the troll 2 soundtrack so oh jesus we said so bad it's good it, it, it's so bad it's just bad <laughs> no but that pressing, <laughs> the pressing you know, oh no no you've seen that press i've you. seen it and the one thing that i decide i was like I, I i want this just to have it because it looks so good but i'm like this movie sucks like i'm not a fan <laughs> You know, and I'm like, I just, I'm like, am I going to spend 45, 50 bucks on, on a soundtrack? It's pretty, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I had, I had to draw a line because you guys know we don't, the, the thing that we talk about, Hey, did you buy this record? Oh man, I, I would like to, but it's so fucking expensive, you know, or, you know, it's Christmas time. You know, we, we, we got to figure out how we're going to spend this money. You know, like, you know, what are we going to, you can't buy it all. Nope. <laughs> Although and you wish you could. Didn't buy it all. Buy the stuff that resonates with you and the and that's the, it. Develop a strong enough identity that everything doesn't resonate with you. That's, <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, that looks great, but I'm not I'm 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 not a fan enough to buy that to have it in my collection just to have. Yeah. That's like I'll I'll see giveaways. People give away records all the time, and there's like uh, well, do I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> And so I'm like, hey, great, you know, great, you know, you know, I'm liking and following the guy, the guy's posts or whatever it is. But if I win, I would just say, hey, give it to somebody else, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, sure. that's yeah. nice. But, guys, um, Penny, Omar, thank you so, so, so much you. for yeah. having us. This was a, uh, this was a uh, better Super than fun. better than we could have hoped. And yeah. the fact that we got to have our own little personal conversations extend to other people that have uh, their own unique and awesome opinions, it's uh, really cool. Yeah, thanks guys. Oh, awesome. I'm happy you guys made it on here. Um so Yeah, I'll let you know when this goes up. Probably in the next day or two, we're gonna, you know, make some adjustments and put it up and then we'll give you guys a heads up. Yeah, please awesome. do. Thank yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Lenny. All right, thank, thank you so everyone for joining thanks Cinema Slaughter. We really look forward to uh seeing you next time and uh, have a great night, guys. We'll talk to you soon. You guys too. See you later. Bye. Peace. Bye guys. <laughs>